Welcome to season four of the Jesus Joy and Java podcast. I am your host, Patty Nava. In this season, we will be learning about the promises of God. There are many promises in the Bible. Do you have a promise of God that you hold on to? I invite you to draw closer to God in the next few weeks as we learn about God's character and how this reassures us that He is faithful to keep His promises for those of us who believe in Him. Welcome to part two of the promises of God. This week's promise comes from Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. A promise for his guidance. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. If these verses sound a bit familiar, it's probably because these are some of the most quoted verses in the Bible. Sometimes when we become so familiar with the verse, we tend to just skim over it. Well, today we won't be skimming over it. Today we're going to dissect these verses and get a better understanding of their meaning and why we are to believe in this promise of God for guidance in our life. First of all, did you notice that there are three commands in these verses? The first one is, trust in the Lord with all your heart. The second one is, lean not on your own understanding. And the third one is, in all of your ways acknowledge Him. The last part of these verses is the promise. He will direct your paths. So let's take a look at the first word, trust. According to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, the word trust means assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something on which confidence is placed. Now, according to the King James Dictionary, the biblical definition of the word trust is confidence, a reliance or resting of the mind on the integrity, veracity, justice, friendship, or other sound principle of another person. The Greek word for trust is empiestosini, which means reliance and confidence. So what does it mean to you to trust in the Lord? Based on what we've learned from the introductory episode two weeks ago, I know that I can put my complete confidence in God and trust in Him because of who He is. He is all-knowing, all-powerful, and omnipresent. God is in control of everything that happens in our lives. Sometimes we may not understand why He does things the way He does, but we know that He does everything for our own good as Paul tells us in Romans 8.28. And we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. 
We are being commanded to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. This means our trust should be unconditional. We must trust even when we don't understand what He is doing in our life. Notice that we are not told to trust God with some or most of our heart, rather with all of our heart. When we decide to follow Christ, we are making a big decision to trust in Him and to commit to Him to obey His commands. We trust and obey God because we know that whatever He does and whatever happens in our lives, He is always in control of it. Everything He does is for our own good, even at times when we don't understand it. We don't just trust Him when everything in our life is going well. We must trust Him in the good times and in the bad times. It's easy to trust Him when everything is going according to our plan, right? But what happens when something does not go according to our own plans or when our life starts to fall apart, when everything looks so dim? In who do we put our trust? I understand it's very difficult to trust when we don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But what happens when we put our complete trust in God? He carries us through trials, and when we come out of these trials, we can look back and see why things happened the way they did. This brings me to the second command in these verses, lean not on your own understanding. When we make a decision to become a Christ follower, some of us may really struggle to want to go back to our old way of living and might make decisions based on our own understanding. Why would we want to do that when we've already tried that and it didn't work? The word lean means to put your weight to one side for support. In this verse, it's not referring to reclining against, but relying on someone to put yourself at the mercy of someone. That someone is God. We must stop leaning on our own wisdom or the wisdom of others. Instead, we must put all of our trust in God and rely on His understanding as He is all-knowing, remember? He is omniscient. He is the one who knows your situation. The third command in these verses says, In all your ways submit to Him. Let's talk about this word submit. I know some of us might cringe when we hear this word, but what Solomon is saying here is to acknowledge God. The King James Version Bible Dictionary defines the word submit as surrender, to yield one's person to the power of another, to give up resistance. To get a better understanding of this word submit, let's look at a biblical example. One of the best examples I could find was the story about Paul's conversion. If you're not familiar with Paul's encounter with Jesus on his way to Damascus, it's one of the most radical transformations you'll ever read about. Paul, who used to go by the name of Saul, accepted Jesus' invitation to follow him and to preach the gospel. Paul's amazing conversion led him to submit his life to missionary work by building up the church and furthering the kingdom of God. So let's read about Paul's conversion together in the book of Acts, chapter 26, 
verses 12 to 18. While traveling to Damascus with authority and commission from chief priests, at midday, O king, along the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So I said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles, to whom I now send you, to open your eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Let's look at the last part of verse 14, where Jesus tells Paul, it is hard for you to kick against the goads. According to Bible scholars, to kick against the goads was a common expression found both in Latin literature and in Greek, a rural image which rose from the practice of farmers goading their oxen in the fields. Though unfamiliar to us, everyone in that day understood its meaning. Goats were typically made from slender pieces of timber, blunt on one end and pointed on the other. Farmers used the pointed end to urge a stubborn ox into motion. Occasionally, the beast would kick at the goat. The more the ox kicked, the more likely the goat would stab into the flesh of its leg, causing greater pain. So Jesus was pointing out that Paul, or Saul at that time, must stop persecuting him and his followers, and that he just needed to submit and stop leaning on his own understanding because he wasn't getting anywhere. Paul couldn't see that he was only hurting others and himself. Now, I think about my life before accepting Christ, and now I can see how I was kicking against the goads for many years. I was trying to do things my own way, only to end up brokenhearted, disappointed, angry, and bitter. It was not until I finally stopped resisting, until I surrendered or submitted to Jesus and let go so that He could take the wheel. It was then that my heart was transformed. I desired to do His will and pursued what He wanted for me instead of giving into the worldly desires. Now we get into the part of the promise. In the final part of these verses in Proverbs 3, 4, and 5, it says, He will make your path straight. I don't know about you, but prior to knowing Jesus, my path was very crooked. Actually, I didn't even know where my path was leading 
Why? Because I was trying to do life by leaning on my own understanding. Well, that didn't work out too well for me. When I finally stopped kicking against the goads like Paul, I submitted my life to Jesus and allowed him to guide me. I'm not saying that this happened overnight. Not at all. I was still a bit resistant because I had to give up some of my old lifestyle, my friends, and my social life. Following Jesus didn't mean that I didn't have difficulties. Of course I did, especially when I kept trying to return to my old way of living, only to find myself depressed again. But like a loving father that he is, he was always there with open arms until I was tired of falling flat on my face. Once I finally submitted, he showed me the straight path that he had for my life and what I thought were some of my darkest moments of my life, he had used them for good by allowing me to share my testimony with others. Sisters, if you're feeling like you're not on a straight path right now, just remember that for those of us who are trusting in the Lord with all of our heart and in all of our ways submitting to Him, He is guiding us, and one day we will see the fullness of what He has done in our lives. And that's a promise. I'm so glad that you were able to join me for today's episode. And I pray that you have been encouraged to keep on trusting in the Lord because he already has a wonderful path mapped out for you. I look forward to spending more time with you next Monday as we explore a new promise. I am so excited to share with you that I have partnered up with my sweet sister in Christ, Carissa Trecker, at Mary and Martha, a Dayspring company. Her mission is to bring eternal hope and encouragement to every home and to build up women in faith and in business. At Mary and Martha, you will find items for your heart, your home, your table, and your kids. I especially love their books two that I strongly recommend for this journey as we learn about God's promises are A Heart of God by Elizabeth Elliot and 60 Promises to Pray Over Your Children. I have included the links for these books in the show notes and at the Jesus Joy and Java Facebook page at fb.com slash Jesus Joy Java. I also recommend that you join Carissa's Mary and Martha Facebook group, where she provides daily encouragement and she shares about the amazing items you can find in the Mary and Martha catalog. You can find the link to her Facebook group in the show notes and also at the Jesus Joy and Java Facebook page. If today's episode has inspired you to grow closer to God through His Word, please share this podcast with a sister friend. Your sharing and caring has allowed the Jesus Joy and Java podcast to rank in the top 30% of the most globally shared podcasts on Spotify. Please continue to help me get God's Word to more women all over the world. And don't forget to follow Jesus Joy and Java on Facebook Instagram, and YouTube. All of the links are in the show notes. May our lives always be filled with more Jesus, more joy, and more Java. See you next week.